After Pharaoh had two dreams that he couldn't interpret, Joseph was brought to him from the dungeon. He interpreted the dreams as God showing Pharaoh that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He advised the king to store away the surplus grain so that there would be sufficient food during the famine. Pharaoh was so impressed that he made Joseph prime minister. During the seven plentiful years, Joseph administrated the food program, storing up great reserves of grain in the Egyptian cities. Now the seven years of famine were underway. This was a global problem so that foreign nations were coming to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph. We pick it up in Genesis 42. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. Evidently, Joseph's ten older brothers had been sitting around looking at each other, not knowing what to do because of the famine. But Jacob had heard that there was grain in Egypt. And he had faith that this would save their families. Could it be that the brothers were hesitant to go to Egypt for fear that they might just meet up with Joseph somewhere slaving away in a field? Verse 3. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Jacob had worked seven years to marry his uncle's youngest daughter, Rachel. And they had only seemed like a few days because of his love for her. But then on the wedding night, Uncle Laban pulled the switcheroo and gave him Leah instead. And he didn't know what had happened until the next morning. When Jacob confronted Laban, he agreed to give him Rachel after seven days if Jacob would work for him for another seven years. Jacob agreed. Leah gave him six sons, but Jacob always loved Rachel more because she was his first love. When she finally gave birth to Joseph, Jacob favored Joseph. Due to jealousy and spite, Jacob's older son sold Joseph as a slave and deceive their father into thinking that he was killed by a wild animal. Benjamin was Rachel's only other son who was born when Joseph was about 15. Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin. Benjamin was all Jacob had left of Rachel, so naturally he was very protective of him and probably favored him as he had previously favored Joseph. Therefore, Joseph's ten older brothers went to Egypt, leaving Benjamin at home safe in their father's care. Verse 6. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, Where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan, to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. How fascinating that everyone had to see Joseph if they wanted to buy any grain. Joseph's brothers stood out. They had beards, whereas Egyptians, including Joseph, were clean-shaven. 
and they spoke Hebrew. Joseph speaks Egyptian and uses an interpreter, but he understands every word that they say. He immediately recognizes them, but they don't recognize Joseph. Joseph was only 17 when they last saw him, and he is now about 38 years old. And they expect him to either be dead or maybe serving as a slave to some obscure Egyptian. Now we see that Joseph deals very roughly with them. And why does he do that? Joseph is testing them. He wants to see if they've changed over the 21 years. Are they still as callous as they once were? Or are they repentant for what they did? He really runs them through the ringer and gives them a taste of what he's been going through. But through this process, it becomes evident that Joseph genuinely loves them and desires true reconciliation based upon true repentance. If Joseph reveals himself right away, then it will change everything, and he won't be able to probe the way he wants to probe. So he hides the fact that he is their brother. Joseph's first line of questioning is designed to gather details about his family, especially his father and younger brother. Verse 9, Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them, and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. Perhaps as they are bowing down before him, Joseph has a flashback to when he was 17, and he had a dream that all his brother's sheaves were bowing down to his sheaf. But then he also remembered the second dream where the sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed down to him. This would mean that his father and younger brother would also be coming to Egypt. Whether Joseph forms this strategy on the spot or he has been preparing for this moment, we don't know. But he immediately accuses them of being spies who have come to see the nakedness of the land of Egypt. Once his brothers had accused him of being a spy when he gave their father a bad report about their activities, now the tables are turned. The brothers take the bait and start telling Joseph what he really wants to know, details about the present status of their family. Joseph wants to know more, so he accuses them again of being spies. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. Now Joseph knows that both his father and younger brother are still alive and at home. At least they hadn't gotten rid of Benjamin like they'd gotten rid of him. Joseph knows that he is the one who is no more in their eyes. But if they only knew. Verse 14, But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you. Or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. Joseph is relentless, and no doubt by this point, the brothers are sweating bullets, for the prime minister of Egypt has supreme authority. 
Joseph proposes a test by which they can validate their story. They will all remain in prison while one goes back and fetches their brother. What Joseph really wants is to see Benjamin. In the process, they would get to experience the same prison Joseph experienced for an indeterminate length of time. You've got to love Joseph's methodology here. Verse 17, so he put them all together in prison three days. These three days gave them a chance to consider why all this was happening to them when all they did was come to Egypt to buy some grain. Verse 18, then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live. For I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. Joseph drops a big hint when he says, I fear God. This is not something most Egyptians would say because they didn't believe in one God. They believed in many gods. Was Joseph saying this because they had not feared God themselves 21 years earlier? Perhaps Joseph truly did fear God in that he didn't want to create a hardship on their families by keeping all but one of them in prison. Joseph knew that their family back home really needed the food and one person couldn't carry it all back by himself. Or maybe all of this was just part of Joseph's plan to mess with their heads. But Joseph's primary purpose is crystal clear. Bring your youngest brother to me. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. Twenty-one years had not eradicated their guilt. Now that everything starts going wrong, they are reminded of the wrong they did to their younger brother, and they think they are being punished for it. Guilt is a powerful thing. Psychologists tell us that guilt and the subconscious desire for punishment will drive people into neurosis and make them crazy. It leads to all kinds of abnormal behavior to try to deal with the guilt. But there is only one thing that can remove guilt. Confession of sin and repentance. Proverbs 28.13 says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Now, Joseph understands everything they are saying. Perhaps this is the first time he is aware of Reuben's attempt to rescue him. Joseph also sees that they have been carrying around this blood guilt all these years. That's a good sign, for it shows that guilt, a healthy guilt that leads to repentance, has been working on their consciences. Verse 24, And he turned himself away from them and wept. At this point, Joseph becomes very emotional, and he can't contain himself. Was it the pain of all the memories? Was it sorrow mixed with joy that his brother's hearts had softened? Was it the anticipation of a reconciliation? It's hard to say. Joseph may not have even known himself, 
The cause of emotions is not always easy to pinpoint. Sometimes they just overwhelm us. Then he returned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. It is possible that Simeon had been the ringleader in seeking to kill Joseph and cast him into a pit. Simeon had been ruthless in killing the men of Shechem. Joseph chooses Simeon to remain in prison while the others return home to their families. I love this story. It has so much drama, and there is much more to come. Joseph really puts the squeeze on these guys, but deep within his heart, he wants to see them be all that God has called them to be. Even so, Jesus intercedes for us so that we will be all that God wants us to be so that he can accomplish his perfect will in our lives.